0: You're listening to the Oz TV Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you again today for a 24 episode as we wrap up Season 3. We're here for our Season 3 recap episode. That's why we're here to wrap up Season 3. It's an epic season that needs more love. And we're here for one more time to prove that it needs love. Because 24 Season 3 is like me. Needs more love. It's underrated and it needs love. My name is Ben, and do you have any friends that drive a light-colored Mercedes? <laughs> My name is Colin, and <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh,
0: yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, it's when you randomly pick an episode in your notebook and you realise that was a quote that you marked as a potential one. Let's so, let's um... just
1: let's just let's just set the scene here before we start recording. Ben literally is like. Oh, I need a quote. Oh, it flips to the first page if I, that one will do. Probably didn't even read the whole thing.
0: <laughs> I'm glad it was 24 and it wasn't like Lost or something like that. So, you know, uh, or Glitter or some sort of show like that. Um, season three, I mean, I said it at the beginning, said it at the end of season two, I I, I love this season. It, it gets so little love and I've obviously... I've mentioned a thousand times. I mentioned a thousand more times that I'm sort of doing this speed rewatch, and I've been reading a lot of sort of these articles out there. You can find the few and far between of ranking the 24 seasons, or the few and far between YouTube videos of I rank the 24 seasons, and season three just never gets love. It likes everyone always ranks season two above season three, and I'm just like I'm blown away by that. Um, yeah, it's to me this is a top three season. <laughs> um, it's it's as simple as that, and it's it's solid. It's got the best villain. You said it last week. Jack Bauer is amazing this season. Kiefer Southern is great. It's the end of an era. It's the end of that first real innocent era of 24. You know, you've got, it's a chase season. It's, yeah, you know, chase. I've always been a fan of chase. Kim finally gets something to do of value. Uh, we get Chloe for the first time, even though many would argue ignore her in season three. Just <laughs> get to season four, Chloe. I mean, there's just so much to love about this season. And I literally did not been a single episode of this entire season i rented and bought every single one of these episodes it's just it's just solid and if i'm talking about maybe the most consistent season of 24 it's this season this is i would argue the most consistent season even more so than season one and it's, it's tough there to, to, to distinguish there but there is some real drops in season one as we went through that maybe didn't hold up as well but this is just it's consistent and While a lot of seasons you would argue have three arcs, season two's kind of only got two. It's kind of the Mexico half and then the Saunas half. And even though there are definitely plot holes and issues with that Mexico half, to me, there's enough there that is solid enough that kind of it works that you can kind of gel into it. Again, trust me, when we get to later seasons, you'll be begging for this type of continuity. Um, So, yeah season three what more can i say i i'm such a fanboy of season three and i'm sad that we're at the end of it
1: uh i mean i came into this not necessarily hating season three but definitely considering it one of my lesser like seasons i mean it, it's certainly better than season six probably better than season eight but i wouldn't maybe wouldn't have put it that much higher than that um i'm 100% won over the, on the season. Like what you said about being the most consistent is right. I, when I look at my rankings, I've been to one episode this entire season. I've been five in season one. And, and when I look at my buys, I bought more than half of this. I think 13 buys is what I had throughout the season. Uh, and yeah, every section of the show has some ups and downs. But I think what works about it more than I think people give it credit for is that it feels different, even though this is still in that first Like you said, the innocent days, the first, uh, the first arc of 24, it doesn't feel like rehash in any ways. You know, Jack is obviously a different type of character. You have characters in different positions, but the locations we get to go to, I mean, we we get to go to prison. We get to go to Mexico. We get to uh, go to a hotel uh, that's quarantined. Uh, Subways, I mean, the locations feel fresh, the stories fresh, even though season two was about a bomb and not an assassination, you would think season one is different. I find season one and season two, there's a lot of similarities in the formula, in the format of the show, how episodes play out. And there were several times throughout season three where we just said, you know, we're expecting not even just the finale, but you're expecting something at this point in 24. And then they surprise you with Chappelle's death. You're expecting something in 24 and then they surprise you with, uh, you know, Jack being addicted to heroin or or something like that or uh, the return of Nina, whatever it is. They broke their formula just enough that this season feels so much fresher than season one and season two. Um, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan coming in. I am a huge fan of season three now coming out. Um, you, You have won me over, Waterworth. Good job. Look at
0: me being smart every now and then. Um, I think the thing, too, about the innocent days of this, of 24, is that you generally just have one plot line, that's the season. Season one, Jack's got to stop an assassination attempt. Season two, Jack Bauer's got to find the bomb. And season three, Jack's got to stop a virus. Yeah, there's more to it than just that, but that's the overarching theme of the day. Tell me right now, Colin, give me each of the seasons moving forward. What's the overall, uh, the one plot from four, five, six, seven, and eight and nine, if you remember it, and legacy, if we give a shit about that.
1: See, four I know is the football. um, Way more to it than that, but sure. Yeah, but (laughs) that's the MacGuffin, whatever you want to call it. See, this is where it gets muddled because what I remember more so for the later seasons are – And these are later seasons that I've rewatched more recently, season three. It's little things like I would say season five, I just remember as the Logan season. Season six, I remember as everybody's relative season. You know, season seven, Tony comes back. It's not even necessarily what the season is about, what the mission is. It's more, oh, yeah, here's this one must see thing that they did in the season or this character that's different. So, uh, yeah, very valid point. You know what the season is coming in and it delivers. It is it is the virus season.
0: And it's not to take away from what we get in other seasons. I mean, I'm a big fan of season four, big fan of season five, and that's about it. Um, but it's <laughs> like the thing that I'm discovering, like right now in nearly finishing season seven, is that it's so convoluted and you don't know what the hell they're trying to achieve because it's kind of like, it's the Tony is evil season, but it's not really. Like this is the thing which is just dumb. And then six, don't even get me started. It is the family season. Yes. But like, again, it's like the plot and like, we've gone on so much about how this is a show where they don't map it out from episode one to 24, but like they did it so well in those first three seasons, like two, you would argue, did they? Cause like, Oh, the bomb goes off. So then it sort of becomes the whole recording side of things. But like, it's just, there's just something about, like these seasons where it kind of gels in well, I would argue with four for the most part, they sort of do it okay with a few dips in the radar here and there. Cause it's really about the Marwan season. Like, you know, you've just got the one villain and then yeah five is the Logan season. But again, I would argue it doesn't hold up as well just in terms of what happens with that, but whole other killerfish fish tangent. My point is that three is kind of the last season where we've just got the one thing that we're looking at, you know, mm-hmm. and even then, I would argue that three out of the first three does it the most consistently, again, in terms of the one thing, because even one, it's the assassination attempt, but then it sort of turns into the Drazen revenge and the, the kidnapping and all that kind of stuff. Two, it's definitely half bomb, half recording, whereas season three, it's always about the virus. Like, it's always about the virus. Nothing else is there except for the virus, realistically, if you look at how everything happens across the course of the 24 episodes.
1: And yet we have three very distinct villains uh, for, I mean, if you count the Salazar's as two people, I guess you have four very distinct villains uh, and none of these things should feel like they tie together. And I think that's one of the reasons why I feel like this season is more fresh uh, and, and not quite as repetitive is because you're dealing with just one plot line from, you know, hour one to hour 24 But it has a completely different feel, more so just because of who you're bringing in, the the people you're surrounding yourselves with. You know, the Salazar's are so incredibly different from Saunders and whoever middle guy was, (laughs) the the more forgettable one, I've already forgotten his name. um,
0: Yeah, so why have I gone blank in his name too? Yeah, yeah, that guy, (laughs) Yeah. Amador. the,
1: the, The other guy, Amador, yeah. They're all so different, and uh, they they blend them together, so it doesn't feel like you have such a a firm stop at episode eight. And now you've got Amador, and now you got a firm stop at sixteen, and now you got Saunders. They 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 blend in seamlessly, but yet this is probably the most distinct three act season we've ever gotten. You can't really tell the difference between act one, two, and three. I, I,
0: I argue it's a two act season this season, but yeah.
1: Oh, I I would, well, I would say, I would say three, but I would say the second act is really just combining those two, but, but it's so drastically different. And I don't think you could say the same thing with season, season one. It was literally planned out as one act and, Oh, well, if we get picked up, we'll come up with a second one. And yet still, mm-hmm. I kind of just get lost in, Oh, well, which point did this happen? And you could think of any moment in this season, you could pinpoint, Oh yeah, that was in the first third of the season, the second third, the third third.
0: Yeah, and like I mean, I think because you went into this very much like a oh I'm I'm the Mexico fan, like I love the Mexico stuff and everything mm-hmm. else. Which I'll just ask you that right now because we'll sort of lead into I guess the main plot points of this season and everything. But did you get turned around on that? Like, are you still the the Mexico fanboy versus everything else, or do you think it just all combines in well and don't really change uh, your opinion?
1: I I think the two things I was very fond of in this season was the Mexico stuff and was the 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 Chandler Hotel stuff and um. It, I've come more on the middle. Now there's, there's some flaws in the Mexico stuff that I didn't necessarily remember as well coming in, but then there's other things that surprise me more in the Mexico stuff that I'm a bigger fan of now. Whereas I think the Chandler hotel stuff plays out so much better than I remembered, even though I remembered it very fondly. And then a lot of that stuff in the middle, uh, particularly with Saunders, Saunders is the villain Uh, me appreciating Saunders more has helped level out this season more. So I don't always feel like, Oh yeah, it was all downhill after Salazar was killed.
0: I, well, I'm just—I'm still very happy about this Saunders love. That you, you're smart like I am, so you know. Um, but yeah,
1: what did they do to Saunders? Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, we know that was just stupid. But uh, yeah, yeah ugh, whatever. They—they—they they, they dropped the ball there. But um, they, they dropped the nuclear football. Ha 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 ha. Not quite there yet with that. Um, so I guess I mean, thanks to 24 Wiki for giving us our format and sort of, you know, the major plot points and everything. So I guess, um, obviously, uh, they've got it sort of as the two the two halves. So the first act revolving around a complex sting operation, which, I mean, hindsight, that was a bit silly, a lot of plot holes in that, uh, that culminates in the drug kingpin, Ramon Salazar, being released from prison to allow Jack Bow to gain his trust so he can investigate a bioterrorist in Mexico. Uh, and then the second act, CTU tracks down the real purchaser of the virus who uses it to call to vengeance against the United States for abandoning him on a covert mission. Um, the major subplots, we have Jack Bauer must withdraw from a heroin addiction, which, I mean, yeah, you know, sweep that under the rug pretty quickly. That's why Jack's crying in that final scene. He just wants a fix. He's like, oh, <laughs> give me some heroin. People have forgotten about it. Um, Three new major agents have joined CTU since day two, Kim Bauer, Gail Ortega, and Chase Edmonds. Um, Sherry Palmer complicates matters as David seeks re-election. Uh, Jack unexpectedly encounters Nina Myers, the murder of his wife, uh, the rapid deterioration of the target of the first bio attack, the Chandler Plaza Hotel. And the mastermind has an Achilles heel, his daughter, who is attending college in California, to which Tony has to basically become a treason guy. Um, I mean, I kind of just asked you the question already about sort of the ones that you like and what ones you didn't. I mean, Talk about the ones that didn't work. We're, we're, we're praising this episode. We're 13 minutes in. We're talking about the lava. I mean, there are some things that obviously don't work. It's not completely perfect. What are sort of your least favorite elements of some of those storylines that I uh, mentioned there across the season?
1: Uh, well, first, all, I love the, they talk about three new agents have joined and they just leave out Chloe and Adam, who probably yeah. are in more of this, outside of Kim, in more of it than anybody else. Uh, the, I mean, the Salazar storyline, I, I I really feel like on a rewatch, when you have to watch the entire season and not just enjoy an episode here or there, the whole prison escape thing really doesn't hold up well because you just end up asking so many questions. Once you get that revelation of Gael and Tony being in on this operation, it's just, it doesn't hold up as well, as fun as it all is. Uh, the Nina thing, I'm going to say, I, I, I still see issues with Nina's return. But I'm actually more positive on that than I thought I would be, because of all the little things they did to keep Nina's character consistent. I really feel like that helps it uh, to hold up. Um, let's be honest, the singer thing is the worst thing in the story. Uh, did they even oh. mention that in the article? The singers? No, I'd I blank that out.
0: That's just <laughs> the first four episodes. Who cares about those? That storyline. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, I mean, the heroin addiction—it's—it's it, it's, it's unnecessary. I mean, it, it's there. I guess, to provide Jack with a cover. And I I don't think that you needed to go that route. It's one of the things that I think maybe sets people off about this season because I, I know I'm not the only person I've talked to people who've watched, you know, 24 who say they have a hard time with the season because it's just, it's unpleasant, you know? And and there definitely is, there's less fun to this season when you're dealing with stuff like heroin addiction, you know, uh, th- that makes it, and, and let's also just say that the route that Tony's story goes down, I mean, this isn't exactly the most fun watch, although there is fun stuff in here, but like the heroin addiction, it it lended something to, I guess, Jack's character, really giving him more depth, uh, raising the stakes for his character, but added nothing to the story whatsoever.
0: I think the thing just on that, before I talk about my least favorite storylines is I just think that. I mean, the show doesn't really get talked about as much as it used to. So a lot of these rankings came, you know, when the show ended and all this sort of stuff. So I, I put that down to recency bias with a lot of things, but I just think that a lot of people rank it based on, you know, this is the Jack Bauer power hour. So we're going to go with the, the crazy stuff Jack does and kind of the over the top, you know, whatever the, 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 the less grounded stuff, which I sort of yeah. think is where the show goes skew if later on. Um, so, and I think that, it does maybe just get forgotten in the fray. And this is why, like, I, it just it baffles me that people put season two so high on some of these lists because I think it just comes down to the fact of, oh, that was a nuclear bomb season where they set the bomb off. And it's right. kind of like, well, there's more to it than they do that in season six, but that gets overshadowed by the fact that, you know, oh, Jack's dad comes into it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm looking here at, so CBR have got their rankings here based on Rotten Tomatoes and they have season three at, oh, a lot higher than I thought, five out of the 11. So 11, when I say 11, they've obviously included uh, Redemption as a separate one. another day. One. No, well, live, in, live another day and Legacy I always count as like. There's, there's 10 seasons of 24 plus Redemption, so mm-hmm. they've included Redemption. So they've got this five out of 11, so halfway point. 93% apparently this season has on Rotten Tomatoes. But again, they've got season two at number four. Uh, with ninety four percent, day one you- number three. Oh, that's a bit low. They, actually, the one thing I'm discovering: season four, day four gets a lot more love than I ever thought it did because they've got that at number two, and then obviously day five has a hundred percent apparently on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it? I don't know if it has a hundred percent.
1: Do Do you think that it has something to do with it just not being as fun or as likable of a season, and maybe going a darker route?
0: It yeah, and I I think it doesn't have the flashy moments. I think that's where mm. it comes from. Like people remember the Chappelle death, but I mean, you yourself said there was a lot of things you didn't remember about this season. And I think that's where, you know, well, season one, you remember the moment. Season two, again, I put that down to the moments that people remember Palmer getting killed at the end or nearly getting killed at the end, the nuclear bomb. You know, that's to me what people remember the, the, the beheading in the first episode, season four has got big iconic moments that people remember that that's to me what it comes down to because realistically, you, like I, I, think who who can name the villain in season two there isn't really one and yeah. you know this isn't ranking the villains i get that but again i struggle to see an argument for a better villain than saunders people would say logan but again that's a whole different thing ranting
1: the the flashy moments um I, I think this season does have them but the unfortunate thing is when two of your flashiest moments are involving sherry and nina who at this point had maybe overstayed their welcome? The the right way to do this to have that flashy mode that finishes to be remembered forever is to catch the audience off guard. And when you're three seasons in and you're giving those flashy moments to Nina and Sherry, the audience pretty much expects it at this point. And if they're not expecting it, they're just like, "Well, I've lost interest because why are they still here? It feels like too much of a stretch."
0: Another article here, Screen Rant. They've got season three at seventh and. Uh, so they've got a line here saying, not many fans were particularly fond with this season, given the fact that the writers didn't balance the storyline between Jack's battle with addiction and him saving the world. Instead, they just pushed the former aside. Although audiences did praise the departure of Jack's daughter Kim as a main character, there were a few criticisms to how the writers quickly got rid of others. I, I wouldn't agree with that. Like, God, watch no. season six? Want to talk about getting rid of things that like no, like, okay, fair enough, they do just Oh, Jack had a heroin addiction. LOL, no, he doesn't. <laughs> um, like that's a fair criticism, but does that take away from the season?
1: Like, I mean No. And the like baby. Th-
0: that- I mean, we haven't mentioned that yet, but I mean, you oh. know, like <laughs>
1: Also, they they for the way I I heard that, it sounds like they're basically saying like, oh, there wasn't enough balance with this. They should have focused more on the heroin addiction. Whereas I feel like that's one of the things that makes this a harder season to like because you got a character that's addicted to heroin. And this is network television. The, I mean, look, they've
0: got season seven above it. And this is what they say about season seven. The fan base embrace the returns to the show's roots <laughs> by resurrecting Tony Almeida. Uh, it also introduced the first female president played by Cherry Jones. That's a good one. John Voight puts on a convincing performance as a main, (laughs) he's not the main villain of the season though. That's wrong. The result was a well rounded season that yeah, no, see, no, that completely wrong screen rant. You are so wrong. Anyway, back to the whole initial point of where we were going with this. Um, the baby was the worst thing of this season. Stupid. Um, the, I can't even remember his name. You said his name like five minutes ago, blonde haired surfer boy at the beginning. Singer. Thank you. Um, not the worst character. I said he's probably the worst character in all the twenty-four. Yeah, I take that back. Season six definitely takes a cake with some of those characters. Uh, but up there in the in the bottom few characters, terrible. Um, the, I mean, the addiction thing is a bit silly, but again, you've got to have it. And like, but you can do the, like season five has plot points where it's like, well, they introduce it for no reasons. Like the perfect mm. season five. Season one has these plot points where it like Terry amnesia. Come amnesia. on, like, like I mean, God, let's pregnancy. bring in a rent exactly like it's just there are so many things that you can have with these like every season has them no season is uh inescapable of them so i don't see why season three gets you know painted with a shit brush because of a few bad things it does um yeah i i think kind of they're the ones that really stand out singer baby heroin goes a little bit skew if i uh, look the nina stuff yeah i talked about it through those episodes like again we, we, you've got to kill her off you got to do this but I stand by they nailed the landing more with the Sherry stuff than the Nina stuff. There's just, there's always something with Nina's return in both seasons. It just doesn't feel the epicness that it should be. She should be the villain of 24. Like, as I've always said, bring her back in season four, season five, like shock the audience. There she is. Have her as the main, like, save her to the point where she is the big bad of the final season and Jack finally gets his revenge. Like, they were never going to do that. Of course they won't because they want him to get his revenge straight away. But, again, I bring this up all the time. I've never watched the show, but from what I know of The Mentalist, like, he's after the people who kill his family and he doesn't get them to, like, five or six in the seasons, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. There's something missing with the Nina plotline that I think they just, they do it in a way which doesn't quite work how it should.
1: I can already tell when we get to our top five moments that there's uh, oh. one thing I'm going to fight for more and one thing you're going to fight for more. And we're probably both going to disagree. So those things are going to be a wash. Um, what One thing I actually just thought of when you're saying that is imagine if they had done it. And I'm not saying that they should have brought Nina in three seasons in a row. Uh, I, I maintain you, know, you either do it in two, season two or season three, or maybe you just don't do it at all. But I think that what they did in season three worked a lot better than it should have. Uh, but imagine if they had not done this and you had reserved Nina for some point in the future. Do you think we ever would have gotten Tony's story in season seven? If they hadn't done away with Nina, if they had just been patient and left Nina feels like no, she, we would, she have. becomes season seven.
0: Uh, yeah. No. And, and please, because Tony is just, it's, it's so frustrating. Um, like I, I always like this idea of having like a, a former character turn evil or whatever, like uh, you know, like Goldeneye, and James Bond land, like, you know, having Trevelyan as like the main villain yeah. works. And it's surprising that it took what, like, twenty odd films or however many it was at that point to to do that. So Yeah, I think they should have. And, you know, I don't think we would have had that with Tony because I just, this is one thing you'd love to get, like, you know, Howard Gordon or, you know, one of the the original creators of the show who sort of go on with it because it's like, like what was the plan with Tony? Like you got Mm -hmm. to season five and the whole like, oh, lol, he's not really dead. Like. That's how they play it and they have that kind of subtle little like, oh, oh, is he dead? I'm sorry. They didn't know that they were going to bring him back and do that. I call that bullshit. I think they fucked that up. They didn't do a silent clock. I whoopsie. And then they go, well, maybe we should bring him back then. Like That's how I believe they did it with Tony.
1: I I don't think they made a mistake. I think they basically left the door open. Hey, let's bring him back. At some point, we just have no idea when we're going to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I think that would have been great with Nina to kind of do that sort of later on. But uh, anyway, uh, our main cast this season, so we have um, our six main cast members uh, who are all in 24 episodes, actually, as well, so they don't miss any. Is that true? Does Kim miss an episode or two, or she just always handing files out in the background? Um Yeah. <laughs> So, actually, no, I think that is because I think the only episode she misses in the first three seasons, there was an episode last season she missed, wasn't there? So, obviously, Keith Sutherland as Jack Bauer, Alicia Cuthbert as Kim Bauer, Carlos Bernard as Tony Almeida, Reiko Ellsworth as Michelle Dessler, James Badge Dale as Chase Edmonds, and Dennis Haysbert as President David Palmer. Any of these, uh, I mean, I'm maybe just intrigued to think your Chase opinions I know you fluctuated on Chase across yeah. this season, so I mean, chime in with the others, of course, if you where you want to, but I, I mainly on on the Chase feelings from Colin Hilding.
1: Um, I, I still wouldn't say I love Chase the character. Like, I'm fine with him being a one and done character, but I, I maintain that they bring him in all wrong. Uh, the first couple episodes, they they are definitely trying. To force them a little bit too much on the audience, which is it's not even just a chase thing. It is something common with so many TV shows. When you bring a new character in, you want them to be one of your leads, you try too hard to make the audience get behind them by making them too similar to other characters. Uh, I actually feel like when (laughs) Chase got shot in the hand, that's when he really started to take off, you know, because you you've started to limit him. You can't just have another Jack Bauer out there. You know, he now he had to be the guy where it's like, hey, I got shot in the hand. What can I really do? Uh, and I actually think that the, the storyline with him and Kim is a much better love story, uh, especially the way that it wraps up with him just choosing to, cause I didn't remember that part of, it. I didn't remember him saying, I'm going to come out of the field. I, I remembered more just, well, he lost his hand. So obviously that's, you know, going to make the decision for him, uh, the, the chase and Kim stuff's a lot better than I remembered. I, I, I would never say that he is going to be one of my all time favorite characters, but he's definitely not the worst thing about the season. He's maybe at times one of the better things of the season. I also am a much bigger appreciator of James Badge Dale and everything he's done post 24. So maybe that also helps rewatching the season and not just zeroing in on, Oh, chase, you know? Um, I mean, I think, you know, Dennis Haysbird, I think gets some of his best stuff in the season because you are getting to see a shady president. Um, And really Jack, I mean, I, I said at the end of the last episode, I, I would say, Forget season five. This is the season that Kiefer Sutherland should have won an Emmy for. This is his best acting. Maybe I'll change that when I get to season five, because season five is, at least coming into this rewatch, my favorite twenty four season. But everything he did in this season is just so perfect. And he was working with some bad material. And season one and season two, when you gave Kiefer bad material, sometimes it was hit and miss. Sometimes he'd go two over the top. Sometimes it would get silly. Sometimes it would be phoning it in because he was hungover, over, whatever, uh, not taking anything away from being the best actor on television. Just he wasn't at the level he is in season three.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting one with that because it's weird. Like, because he got the golden globe of season one, which I think deserving. And then season five, he gets the Emmy. It's like season six is interesting because I, I would argue that he's got some of his best scenes in season six, a couple of moments in season six where you're like, you just, you get goosebumps with how he delivers the lines, but it's just everything. And that's around bad material. There. And there's everything around is so shit though. That's a problem. Um, But yeah, it's, it's an interesting, cause he's got some great stuff in this season. Um, I will say with like, Ch- like, The one thing that I appreciate what they do say with Chase and even Kim, like there are definitely moments in this season where neither of them, they don't really have anything to do. And they're like, okay, what are we going to do with them? But like they've at least learnt from their mistakes from season one and season two, where you just like, we've got them. Let's just do like, oh, she's in jail now. Bring it on. Like, and like Terry's got amnesia. So oh, she's going to meet up with that guy that she saw for two minutes and that they wanted to fuck that doctor guy. Like, at least they learned from their material and just kind of make them background characters and just have them say a line every now and then. So, I mean.
1: They're finally that's... okay with letting a character take a week off.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, the thing is that I, I find with Chase is that, like, yeah, I get what you're saying, like, with the whole, like, just don't make him another Jack. But the thing that I've always stood by with Chase is it just feels like you get dropped into day three with this relationship already established, and it just feels like it's there. You just feel like, oh, yeah, that's Jack's partner. Like, okay, I get it. Like, cool. And you just feel it's natural. And the conflict and the things that they have going on Like some are better than others, but it just feels like these guys know each other and it's natural. Yeah. What they then do in season seven with Renee to kind of make her the female Jack, horrible. It is just, it doesn't work. And I think the biggest issue with that is because you literally are there when they meet for the first time. So like there's a lot of questions that you ask Mm -hmm. about what happens throughout the day. And you're like, she's only known him for like three hours. Why is she acting this way? um yeah so yeah it's kind of that's the issue i have and i'm, I'm not against a female jack bauer um it's just that yeah, i've got so many problems with renee i have always have and this rewatch is not helping with my opinions of renee but um yeah i think that like it just it's a natural fit and that, that's maybe an issue like going way ahead and i'm obviously not there yet on my speed rewatch with legacy is that um uh black jack i can't remember his name but like i think kind of we' we're, we're led to believe straight away that this is meant to be guy who's very similar to jack and we're meant to be he's our hero straight away they drop us in that and we're meant to believe that straight away what they do so well with 24 is that we don't get dropped into that with jack bauer in episode one do we yeah like you know and even season one i still stand by as being so good because you get all of that background to what jack becomes whereas you know that's an issue there so chase kind of is a middle ground there where like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are definitely moments where you're like, okay, we're meant to believe he's like Jack, but then I'm with you. Like, I love that ending where it's kind of like, he's ready to just like take a step back and, you know, have a family life with Kim and which spoiler alert, he kind of does. You never see him again, but from what you hear of him, that's kind of what he does. So, you know, that's, that's kind of it.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, I do agree with what you're saying, that they do a better job than most shows do at introducing a new character. I I still say they, they go too far with them at certain times, but what works with chase. And this is why I said, I think that the whole relationship with Kim thing works is now that I think about it, it's not even necessarily the relationship with Kim is what works about this. It's the fact that you have introduced something with this character that allows him to be somebody that Jack cares about. And Jack's very turned off, unless it's Kim, unless it's his own family, you know, he'll shoot Chappelle in the head, you know, like obviously he'll have some loyalty to people like Michelle or Tony, uh, maybe even Chloe, but you gave a reason for him to care about this other guy. And you do get, even before the whole Kim love story thing comes out, which by the way, that was poorly done in the season. We're talking about things, little plot points or like, Oh yeah. So we're dating. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, they really could have dragged that out a little bit better. But, uh, but even before that, like when he's, it's so far fetched, he's like, well, Jack, how long you been on heroin? You think I didn't know? Like now you're only now bringing this up. But you get this dynamic between the two of them where it's like Chase looks up to Jack and respects him. uh, And Jack kind of does the same for Chase. But then when you introduce the Kim situation there, he's suddenly like, I want Kim to have a happy life. My goal is to keep this guy alive. And that's where I think Chase really works is in the way that Jack looks at him. Um,
0: Just on Kim, best season for Kim by far. Um, oh, yeah. And it's kind of sad that we don't just see Kim as a CTU person moving forward. You know, Kim's just the obligatory, oh, we need some out of drama for Jack in the future season, so let's bring her back. Um, and the Tony Michelle stuff... It's kind of, we had the two halves of that, didn't we? Initially it was Tony gets shot in the neck and Michelle's all worried and she's got to do this. And then later on it's, oh no, Michelle's getting kidnapped and dying of like diseases So Tony's got to do things. So I kind of like the balance that they do with Tony and Michelle and sort of the real last full season we get of them just being oh. a normal couple with a couple of fights in the and, middle, I guess.
1: Can I also say, aside from Keith Sutherland, I'm going to say Rico Ellsworth is probably the star of this season oh yeah she has some I'd of the best stuff this season and I, I liked michelle you know originally watching this show but i mean she gives it her all and and probably the most consistently written character this season as well because like with tony t- this is the most dramatic stuff tony has to do and i love that they did something daring with tony but you do walk away from it really questions like wait but why did he do that whereas you don't get that with michelle her character makes sense I would go out on a limb
0: and say it is between Rako Ellsworth and D.B. Woodside because I'm going to get to the uh, the guest starring in a minute because I'm a big D.B. Woodside fan. Uh, yeah, and Palmer, yeah, I think he gets uh, a lot of his good stuff. Although, like, the thing is that the one thing I will say the, the newer seasons of 24 do well is they make the presidents feel more presidential. And, okay, you would argue if they're in Washington or in the White House, of course they're going to feel more presidential, whereas just watching, like, just – Palmer just sitting around a room by himself as the president of the United States while there's a bio threat going across the country. And he's just sitting there on his phone, like, come on. Um, so <laughs> there is that, but um yeah, I think that and it's sort of, it's the last real innocent phase of having some of these people that we're going to talk about, you know, um Jack's obviously going to always be Jack, but just having some of these other ones there, the, the other sort of outside of that, like the guest stars, I mean, uh, we have two ep- two actors who are in all episodes and they're not main stars, obviously Chloe and, and Wayne. So Mary Lynn Rajskip and DB Woodside. Outside of that, Zachary Quinto, Adam Kaufman's in 23 episodes, uh, Jesse, the Oz Networks, Jesse Borreger as Gail Ortega in 14 episodes. Paul Schultz, Ryan Chappelle in 14 episodes. Uh, the Oz Networks, Joaquin Delmader as Ramon Salazar in 12 episodes. Vincent Loressa as Hector Salazar in 12 episodes. Vanessa Felito as Claudia Hernandez in 11 episodes. And then our 10 episode people, uh, the King and Queen of this season for Ben Waterworth, Penny Johnson, Gerald as Sherry Palmer and Paul Blackthorne as Stephen Saunders. We got a, f- a bunch of others are in like nine, eight, seven. We're not going to go through all of them, but, um, I'll jump in here. Chloe, pain in the ass in this season, just horrible, (laughs) Horrible. um, which... Yeah, I think I always maintained that opinion of her for a long time just because I just didn't like it. Whereas on my rewatch, I'm like, okay, Chloe's likable from season four onwards. She does have her quirks every now and then, but you you love Chloe, just not in this season. And I'm not one for fashion. I can't talk. I'm not a fashionable person, but I'm so glad they changed Chloe's wardrobe moving forward because what is she wearing in this season? (laughs) Um, I liked Adam. more goth, right? (laughs) Exactly. I liked Adam, but I mean, you know, Zachary Quinto kind of wasted, you could have like have Zachary Quinto as an agent, like I don't know, yeah. like just have him have him as chase, maybe uh Demi Woodside's incredible, I love him, uh he's so good, and i mean it's it's funny knowing that he becomes a president, some of the shady shit he does, um but I don't know, there's just something and the relationship with him and David works like it's just it's great dynamic, you feel like they're brothers, and they're like he's a you know better chief of staff than Mike, sorry, Mike. We didn't get Mike this season, by the way. See, uh, the first season we've had with no Mike he comes back he next season, right? He does, he does, and he's pretty much in it all. Season five, um, and then like, yeah, the, the Salazar's were great, obviously. Uh, from what we had from them early on, um, obviously Sherry. Do I need to mention how much I love her? Do I need to mention about Saunders how much I love him? Um. And uh, should I have mentioned, Wendy Crewson was in eight episodes, of course. So uh, that's probably. And on your favourite, Dr. Sonny Mesa was in six episodes as well. So um, there you go. Actually, seriously, special shout out. Jeff Pearson is Senator John Keeler. I like Keeler. And um, he gets more to do this season than he does next season because next season he's just on a plane (laughs) on the phone basically all season until his son comes into it and then you want to die with him. So um, I like Keeler. Wasted president.
1: Uh, I, I think that, uh, DB Woodside, I, I don't, I'm not hundred percent with you as him being like on that level as one of the best things about the season, but kind of like with chase, I think my original feelings on the show jaded me a little bit coming in. So I was more surprised how much I liked him. Uh, part of it had to do with the fact that I was, I'm a big Mike fan and just bringing in, Oh, it's his brother. And this is the new Mike that when I watched season three, all the way back in the day, That was one of the things that kind of disappointed me. Well, great. We're not, we're not going to have Mike. Uh, And then the second part being, I know where they're going with this and season six, just everything about it is just wrong, wrong, wrong. So it makes me look on the only other season we really have Wayne in as a main character uh, more negatively, but he he really does pull it off. And I think where the storyline that at times it works, at times it doesn't, the whole Milliken thing. One of the reasons why I really like this storyline is because it feels real. It feels like this is the type of scandal you'd actually be dealing with. It's the best of the Palmer dramas, in my opinion, even though there are some bad things about it. But it's D.B. Woodside that makes that work because David's just the guy on the phone saying, yes, do this, do that. Wayne is the guy who's in the middle of all the drama and he's the one who has to act opposite everybody. I mean, he's got scenes with Sherry, his scenes with Sherry, some of the best things this entire season They're they're yeah. back and forth smiling while insulting each other. Uh, he has to do scenes with Alan and uh, talk about worst guest stars, the guy that played Alan and the guy that played Brad Hammond. Those are two worst, oh, Maybe totally and let's add Jane in there too. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's got his Gina Torres scenes. It's fantastic. You actually really buy into the storyline because of him. So, um, yeah, I'm a much bigger fan of, uh, Wayne now, uh, than I would have been when the season started. Um, obviously I, I've talked many times throughout the season. I'm very much turned around on, um, uh, Saunders. Uh, the Salazars are amazing. I think the, the one guest star that I was most surprised with on this rewatch was actually Claudia. She is a much better character even though her purpose on the show, it doesn't tie into a lot. I mean, it it all amounts to she's just there to help Jack escape. And we get this often in 24. We got it early in the season with Singer. You introduce a character and all you're wondering is obviously we know why Hector is there, right? But you're just wondering why do they keep showing this girl? Why is she getting more screen time than Hector is? You know, what is this going to amount to? And you end up being let down in the end, or you end up being wowed in the end, but, the amount of time it took to get there, you kind of resent. And this, I, can't, I always forget her name. Was it Vanessa something or other? Um, yes,
0: Vanessa something yeah, or other. That is her something name. Something or
1: other, yeah. Uh, Miss something or other. Like, she's really good. She has some of the best dramatic Vanessa scenes. Vanessa Felito.
0: In
1: yeah, and, and Felito, yeah. And I think that her death, I'm still gonna, it's not going to be a top five moment for me, but I'm still going to say one of the things that that played so much better now than i originally thought it did is her death and the fact that it just sort of happens and it's well we got we got to move on like it's a very tragic end and it's partly because we got that build-up it's similar to uh, obviously i said the singers but uh even with um with kate uh, the, with the warners last season you have this long mm. build-up with this character you're like where are they going with this and the biggest difference is you take one of those characters this is where i said they're kind of breaking their formula and their mold you're expecting her to be a bigger part in the season after the escape scene. And then for them to just kill her off, it has that, that big emotional impact, whereas it shouldn't. And obviously, I mean, Chappelle, it, this is a character that nobody cared about coming into the season. Uh, nobody cared about probably for half of this season, but yet you weirdly like him just because he's weird. And yet to have maybe the greatest moment in the history of this show happen you know, with a character that nobody was invested in. And then they became so invested. I mean, that just shows why this season needs more love. I mean, obviously, the Chappelle death is one of the most remembered, well-remembered scenes. But like, think about what it took to get there. You can't just have that moment be that impactful without there being a proper build-up towards it.
0: I agree, um, and and we're going to talk Schultz.
1: about that when we get to our top five.
0: Indeed, uh, one thing actually, which I don't think I've ever mentioned in this whole series because I don't think I only clicked until now. I knew twenty-four one. A Golden Globe at one point for best drama. This was the season that it won it for. So it didn't win it for season five. It won wow. it for this season. So um, there's something to stick up your blunt and smoke at season three haters. This is the season that it won its uh, Golden Globe. <laughs> a <for>. Golden
1: Globe. <laughs> hey,
0: shut up. Uh, the, a good good string of. Uh, I've said this on plenty of our shows, but for the Oz Network shows we covered two thousand three best drama twenty four two thousand four best drama Nip Tuck two thousand five best drama Lost. 2006 Best Drama, Grey's Anatomy. That doesn't count that
1: year. Um, (laughs) Which season of loss is that? Is that season Uh, one, two? uh, That'd
0: be one, I think. 2004. No, it's season two. Season two. Okay. Uh, as so long as it wasn't N- three <laughs> nip tuck beat season one of lost to when it won it's got it's basically it's only major award that nip tuck ever won was the golden globe for best drama thoroughly deserved um but also won four emmys this season uh won outstanding single camera pitch editing for a series outstanding single camera sound mixing for a series outstanding casting for a drama series and outstanding stunt coordination for a series so there you go not for music uh, no
1: calories best
0: He did win. He's won at least a couple for this season, for 24, but not for this season. Um, Episodes-wise, the best and the worst. Uh, I mean, I've got a fun fact here for you, Colin. You, uh, for this season, bought 13, rented 10, binned one. I bought 19, rented five, binned none. Uh, Wow. So this is your equal most buys. You equaled season one. The most buys, uh, your lowest obviously bins and your highest rents. This is my highest bin, uh, buy season, my lowest rent season, and my lowest bin season. So there you go.
1: Now, of, of all shows that you've covered, what's the most you've ever bought in a season? Because I know it's not going to be Nip Tuck or Breaking Bad. Oh, this is well, seasons.
0: Well, I mean, Nip Tuck was 100%. I bought every single episode of season four. Um, Off the top of my head, I'm thinking season two or third watch maybe. Um, If I scroll through here, I would have to count them off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure season two or third watch, I bought everything except for like two episodes. So uh, season two of third watch, there are 22 episodes. I bought 20, rented two. So uh, that would take the cake. In terms of number of episodes, if we're talking percentage-wise, it was season four of Nip-Tuck because I bought every single episode mm. in that season. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, close close to it. I I didn't realize I bought 19. But will that be reflected in my rankings? We'll soon see. Uh, so uh, in terms of the best and the worst, obviously the best uh, was episode 18, the Chappelle murder episode, which Empire apparently ranked as their number one episode of 24 of all time. Uh, so that was 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Uh, Other standouts for me, these are all in my top 10 as of right now in the rankings. So I had uh, the finale, episode 24, it's at number 4 overall on my list. Uh, Episode 22 is at number 5 overall on my list. And episode 23 is at number 7 on my list. So basically the last three episodes are in the top 10 for me and episode 18. The lowest episode I have of this season is episode 8, 8pm to 9pm. Could I remember that episode off the top of my head? No, (laughs) Um, but uh, it's only three spots above a bin, according to my rankings. So uh, it nearly got a bin, but it didn't. So uh, I'll quickly scroll through here and find out what episode that was. While you tell me what your best and worst ones were.
1: Uh, Now my highest ranked is my number one uh, episode of all three seasons, which is the Chappelle's death episode. And it, I know I said on that uh, episode I I kind of hate the whole survivor mentality of if that was the greatest tribal council ever so that's the greatest episode ever and that's kind of the way I feel about 24 just because the end scene doesn't make it, but if you didn't have Chappelle's death that still is close to the best episode of all time for me. Um, uh, where are my other ones here, uh, so my second highest would be the finale obviously. Um, which I ranked at number four and uh, other top 10 ones I have here. What else was there? Uh, Episode 17. I don't know which one that was, but apparently it was good. My lowest is episode 19. Now, this is what's interesting because I didn't, I don't even know if we talked about it when we recorded the episodes, but uh, my least favorite episode of the season is the one that directly follows my favorite episode of the season. So Chappelle's Death my number one and the only episode I binned this entire season was episode.
0: episode
1: yeah yeah episode 19 which was the let's just all right everybody Ryan Chappelle's dead and be like okay who's Chappelle again uh, but that was basically the, the daughter kim, <laughs> kim goes undercover to be jane which it, it, i was, i was just skimming through i'm like was that episode really that bad because i remember it it's definitely a memorable episode but uh yeah a huge step down in quality from uh, the best episode to the worst of the season
0: Episode eight is the episode where Jack fake shoots chase, where basically he uh, pulled the trigger on chase's head. When chase comes to Mexico, that's my lowest episode of the season. You said 17, um, which is the one that's the one where at the end of the episode, right before Chappelle. Th- yeah, they say like, um, you've got to kill Chappelle. Um, yeah. And that's the one where Palmer does the whole, the sky is falling in the quote. The, oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I mean, again, consistent—that's that's the word of the day, right? Consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what did I buy? Like the last, how I'm on a bit of a streak right now, aren't I? I think from memory, uh, on terms of where I'm at, I can answer that by saying that I bought the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight—the last nine episodes of this season wow. which uh, is the biggest streak any of us have had on 24 so far. Uh and spoiler alert, it will continue for a, at least a few episodes into season 4, but spoiler alert, I will be binning some season 4 episodes, so uh not going to be a, a no bin season. So and spoiler alert, season 5 even has bins in it. So just not all super perfect. Um before we get to top 5 moments and ranking the seasons, um Anything else that we haven't talked about in Season 3 that you want to talk about now that you've been hanging on to for 24 episodes or anything along those lines that you want to get off the chest?
1: No, I, I think leading into Season 4, you know, which of these storylines um, kind of wrap up perfectly and which ones don't? Because this, this is the season where we sort of wrap everything up and some things like, like with Chase, obviously meant to be a cliffhanger uh, or maybe not meant to be a cliffhanger. And then it ends up just being sort of the end of the character. What, what, what I think more than anything is when you have like the end of Tony's storyline, the end of Michelle's storyline, um, Jack's storyline, obviously being, you know, the, the big one. And then uh, the, the Palmer's, Like this feels like a season where you didn't have to bring everybody back. And that's the important thing because what happens with Palmer could be considered a cliffhanger, but yet if we had never gotten Palmer back after this, I still feel like it's a satisfying end to his character Uh, and this, I would say the same thing, you know, with, uh, with Tony is that if he goes to jail, the the way they have that final scene, I, I do have issues with that final scene, but you could also play that final scene as if I have to go to jail for you, I'll go to jail for you. And then one day you just have random comments saying, oh, by the way, Tony got off after six months. Uh, it's so bizarre that you have a season where you have so many positive and negative endings for characters and yet the negative endings don't even feel like they're they're unsatisfying. They they feel like this could be a complete ending if you want it to be.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the 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 book ends of it that we've talked about so much. I mean, 24 Wiki has the little section there where it says impacts on future seasons. And to me, the own well, it's tricky because I mean, one of the three they got the deaths of Nina Meyer, Sherry Palmer, and Ryan Chappelle, three significant characters in the series since season one. Yep, fair enough. They've got Tony Almeida is arrested for treason for helping a key suspect escape from custody. I'm not going to read the last line because that will spoil spoil next season. And then they've got President David Palmer decides not to run for re-election, allowing his competitor to win the election and become president day four. To me, the most significant storyline, which has a snowball effect, as I've constantly said, is David Palmer stepping down from president. Because mm-hmm. without David Palmer stepping down from president, we don't get Logan. That's, that's the simplest way. I know Killer's there, but without Killer, we don't get Logan. And then Logan becomes a pretty key part of things. Um, and I think the Tony storyline does ultimately turn into Tony in Season 7 to an extent, um, but it's sort of, it's more of a MacGuffin in getting him That's, to where he does. It's not like, you know, Tony's not the same, you would argue, moving forward, but I would argue by the end of Season 4 he's the same as he was at the end of Season Two, three.
1: i mean yeah. from, from my memory season five tony is like for the most part back to normal season four i like they take the character in a different direction but like this is almost like the nina thing like if they had not brought tony back in season four and five does it make season seven better so <laughs> it, season, it, it,
0: yeah so i was gonna say season five tony's normal for the first 10 minutes of episode one and then from that point on, <laughs> he disappears basically for ten episodes. Comes back for two and a half episodes, and then you don't see him again to season seven. So um, that's
1: that's season five, Tony. Um, so, but 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 like, what happens? Like, what we're looking at, we're trying to dance around this don't give away two minutes. But let's say this: Tony is basically at his lowest points. I feel in seasons four and seven. Um, and I feel like half like with Nina five is
0: pretty low. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but but had you, had you not brought him back, kind of finished season four with, oh, okay, things are on the upswing, and then gone back down in season five, and then brought him back up again, maybe just like if we had just saved Nina for season seven, maybe if you just use Tony, but you don't have him in season four, but at the same time, I still love what they do with Tony in season four, because it's so different.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's that skew if ride of Tony Almeida, basically. And then let's not forget, he comes back in fucking legacy. He's like the only legacy Ugh. character that comes out. I can't even remember what he does in legacy. I blocked out legacy years ago. So I can't even, I know he's in it, but I can't remember what he does because he's not in eight. But uh, anyway. Um, now, I'm intrigued for the rankings. I, like, I, I, I put the article up on our website for the rankings of the seasons and I've marked down what I assume will be your rankings, but I might also be wrong. So um, I'm going to let you go first. How are you going to rank it? And, and reminding people going into this, we both had the same ranking. Season one was number one. Season two was number two. Uh,
1: now, before we started this rewatch, I would have said season two, then season one, then season three. And obviously that changed in season two. Um, but uh, this, this is where tough for me because I I think this is such a consistently good season, but it's not, it doesn't have the highs that season one had. And um, in the end, I would probably say I would rank season one above this, but this would be my number two and probably a lot closer to being number one than I would have thought it would ever be out of these first three seasons. And obviously season two, much, much lower than that.
0: I guess correctly. Uh, I didn't know whether you might have put this above season one. This is where it's tricky for me because season two is staying at the bottom, so that will be number three. Um, And, again, I've based so many times when I've come to ranking seasons in the past based on my averages. So, like, I've bought more than other seasons. So the, the most one I ever did that one was with Nip Tuck. I went into Nip Tuck going season two is amazing. That will be number one season four ended up being my number one season because it literally I was like, I bought every episode this season. It was 100% buy rate. How can I not have this at number one? So on that argument, I've bought 19 episodes of this versus 14 <laughs> in it, season one. And on that argument, I have been three episodes in season one and none in this season. But you summed it up pretty well there when you said the highs of season one are very high. Mm. And, yeah, this season's more consistent, but, like, if I'm to just put on a season of 24 and just, just watch it not going to watch everything else, there are three seasons that I'm going to do. It's going to be season one, season three, or season five. And I just, to me, it comes down from those highs take over the consistency level. So I'm going to put mm-hmm. number one at number one still just because – Like, I mean, that last episode, to me, it's not going to be touched. That will be the number one episode for me by the end of this, and I don't think it will be touched. To me, it's probably my top five favourite TV episodes I've ever watched in my life. And it's just, you mentioned, I think, like, last week about that nostalgia factor. Yeah, of course there's a nostalgia factor to it, but I think... 24 is one of those shows where I've had such an emotional connection to it that I, I can use that as part of my rankings for it. So as much as I love season three, as much as I've sat here for the last 24, 25 weeks and defended it, I've not been to anything. It's consistent. It's everything. It's, again, it's the highs of season one elevate it, even though there are some lows of season one. Um, but And it's just also like it's just that groundwork. It's the simplicity of it. It's an it's a, assassination hmm. attempt. That's all we need. Yeah. You know? And we're getting to know these characters and all these kind of things. And Terry's in it. And, you know, Janet's in it. Um, and Nicole and Keith are in it. Um, so, Also, can I mention last week? We Richard tu- Perge. Exactly. Uh, we didn't touch on last week and the fact that no more Palma drama. We're, we're done with the Palma yeah, drama. Yeah, that's the end of it. Because even season six Palma drama is kind of not the same Palma drama that we get, you know? Mm. Like, yeah, so rip to the Palma drama. So the
1: uh, tealer that- drama.
0: Exactly. Uh Logan Bogan. Logan Bogan Bogan. <laughs> um Martha <laughs> drama. Um so our rankings are the same. We've both got season one at season uh number one, season three at number two, and season two at number three. That makes sense. All right, top five, baby. Um Ugh. so uh I'm just saying right now, I there are six moments that I think are gonna battle for five. Um, but I will go over the ones that I've marked down over the season. And if there are ones that you, I have left out, please let me know. So to me, there are six, we know what's going to be number one. We're not going to fight around that, but um, I'll go over. These are the moments that I've marked down across the season. And then I'll tell you the six that I think we're going to be fighting out over. So from episode one, Jack and Jackson heroin, right at the end of the episode (laughs) Uh, from episode five, the Russian roulette scene from episode 11, Ramon killing Hector. From episode 14, Jack killing Nina. From episode 16, Michelle shooting the guy as he's trying to escape the hotel. From episode 18, Jack killing Chappelle. From episode 19, the Jack and Kim speech in the little waiting room. Uh, From episode 22, Jack and Tony having that fight over rescuing Michelle when he brings up Terry and Jack like shoves him to the ground. Also from the same episode, the shootout with the fighter jets and saunders getting captured. From episode 23, Jack threatening Saunders uh, and putting Jane into the hotel before he gives up the location of the vials. Also from episode 23, Sherry getting killed. And from the finale, I've got three moments, Wayne telling David that Sherry's dead, uh, Chase getting his arm chopped off, and Jack breaking down in the final scene. Now, before I say the six that I think we're going to fight for, is there anything that I haven't added there that you've marked down?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I had Nina's death. So you did mention that, right?
0: I did, yes. I said Jack kills Nina. Okay. yep
1: Yeah, because my whole idea here is that I'm going to push more for Nina's death and you're going to push more for, um, uh, what's it? Uh, Sherry's death, uh, which in the end I I'm looking at this list. I don't know if either of those are actually going to make our finals here. Oh, I disagree Uh, completely, but anyway, uh, well, maybe, well, maybe you'll surprise (laughs) me. I don't know. Uh, but believe it or not, as negative as I was on the Russian roulette scene, I feel like it's too memorable of a scene. And the first half of it is done so well uh with a guard or whatever just being killed that like I, I feel like that's definitely a given. So I'm gonna guess that's Ooh. gonna be one of the six here. No. Maybe not? not oh, oh.
0: Nope. Nope.
1: Wow. Uh, okay. I, I, so uh, there's
0: nothing that you've got written down that you like. Nothing nothing, nothing that else.
1: you've missed. Um the, you you no, sorry, you got Jack's final breakdown at the yeah, end yeah, of episode. Yeah, so
0: so yeah. I'll I'll just say this now. The six that I feel that I thought we'd be fighting over. I mean, we're not fighting over Jack killing Chappelle. That's number one. Clearly, we know that's yeah. going to be number one. And number two is Jack breaking down. That they're, they're yeah. the two that I assume are a given. Um, the other ones, to me, that are the ones to to fight over are um, the Sherry's death, Nina's death, um, Jack shoving uh, Jane into the hotel, and Saunders breaking. And Chase getting his arm chopped off. There's a the six to me that are the the six that I think are the I, I love the Russian roulette scene, don't get me wrong. But I mean in the grand scheme of things, those six moments are way better than the Russian roulette scene.
1: Mm, I mean, I would disagree because I, I I definitely I didn't have it on my list, but I I don't mind the shoving Jane into the thing. I think that's a great scene. I have a lot of issues with Sherry's death scene. So, I mean, I would veto that one in a second. No, wow. um, I'm not
0: letting you veto that one. I'll, yeah, I'll give you I'm, anything. I'm, vetoing I, it. I, 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 I'm I'm fighting to the death of Sherry. I'm fighting like, over like, four more so than Boone's death in Lost because that is iconic.
1: <laughs> but he, Here's here's the thing. I mean, the, the Gina Torres being the one that does it, I don't like that. I don't like her turning the gun on herself. Um, I, I also think, like, I don't want this list to just be this person dies, this person dies, this person dies, this person dies you know? And that's why I would say, like, okay, the Nina and Sherry deaths, like, do we need both of them? Do we need either of them? Uh, I actually really like the Michelle shooting the guy trying to escape the hotel. Uh, that was one of my really want to fight for moments as well. Um, so we, we're going to say Jack's final breakdown in the car, Chappelle's death, those two are absolute locks, right? Are yeah, we going to so say just- Chase getting his hand cut off as a lock?
0: Yeah, I would. I mean, like – I base this also, too, on the fact that I, my 24 moments of 24, like all those six moments that I just said all made, they were the six moments that made my 24 moments of 24. Um, but, yeah, like th- those two are locks. I mean, Chappelle's death number one by far. Uh, and then, yeah, Jack's breakdown number two. Uh, Ch- yeah, yeah. I mean, I love it. Like I think it's a great scene. Um, to me, the one that I was willing to give up would be Jane – being put into the hotel because I, I i honestly think you need nina and sherry's death both in there that's just it's because like they're significant enough characters like i get what you're saying like but- with the death thing absolutely but like i mean if you're talking iconic moments like i love like i love michelle shooting the guy i love the russian roulette scene but it goes back to that point about talking about the 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 high high moments the iconic moments and if you're talking about the moments from season three that people remember, I guarantee you people remember Nina's death and Sherry's death over Michelle shoots random guy escaping the hotel death.
1: That, that's a fair point. But I would also argue, I think most people would remember Russian roulette even above that. Uh, Cause that's one of the things the season is most well known for. And I'm not even that big of a fan of the scene, but I, w- I would say if we're going to include, you know, uh, Sherry's death or Nina's death, the Russian roulette scene would have to be there because it, it, anybody anybody thinking about season three, Russian roulette's going to be one of the first things that comes to their mind.
0: But then do you lose Chase's arm twice? Get it, huh? Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> Chase loses arm? We lose Chase's arm too. I think we would have to lose Chase's arm but, but, from there but, as but, well.
0: But, yeah, like, again, I, I agree with you. I think people remember Russian roulette, but I think people remember Chase getting his arm top ball because, I mean, that goes back to that point last week where it's, that's a, oh, my God, they did that moment. That's like a, they let the bomb off. They, you know, they killed Terry. Like, like oh, you're not expecting them to do that. I'm going to need a hacksaw. Like, you're like, what? They actually did that. That to me. Again, Russian roulette, like it's like I love Russian roulette. You know, I love they that had scene. A, they had
1: an innocent man die in Russian roulette. Yeah, I but think, like, that, who uh, gives a
0: shit about that. I, Chase is getting his arms. This is a major character, you know, like we, for all we know, that guy's going to be a major character for the rest of this series. We don't know. Like, right now, think about it. When you were watching season three, if you had to say Chloe or Chase is going to be more of a permanent character, no one's saying Chloe. Um, yeah. So I like, I, I am, I am, I am very standfast on, on Sherry's death. I will, I will bring out the gloves and fight you for it because it's, I said, it's more iconic than Nina's death. I think Nina's death falls flat. I've said that on the episode versus there, but I I think you need Nina's death because that's Jack's revenge on Nina. Like that, that's an iconic moment.
1: I think that Sherry's death's flat, but I would be willing to include it. And this is where it's so bizarre because I am not the biggest fan of the scene, but I would be willing to include it if we include Russian roulette. So you're saying I Russian like roulette
0: Russian... over Chase's arm or over yeah. Nina's death. Which one do you want yeah. to give up?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, w- I would actually say Russian roulette over even Nina's death um, and probably over Chase's arm. Cause I, I just feel like it's too. And, and one of the, tw- I can't remember which one of the breaking bad seasons it was. And I don't even remember what the point was, but uh, you and Nick made a similar point on one of those where it's like, Hey, is this my favorite moment? No, but is it something that everybody knows about the show and that would be a yes. Uh so yeah, I, I would I will I would give you Sherry's death. Again, it's it's very important as in setting the stage what's going to happen later on, but I feel like we have to include Russian Roulette even though I'm not that well, big of a fan of
0: it. I think that's and one thing you just added there which I will add to my argument is the Sherry's death is more important for the overall story of 24 than Nina's death is.
1: Yeah. Nina's death is simply, we got to be done with her now. Everything's the past. Sherry's death does lead to things. So okay.
0: So that's a good point. What you, what are you giving up then? Are you, I'm letting you decide, do we give up well, Nina's I'm, death or Chase's arm?
1: Well, we, well, what I'm saying is let's, let's decide on the fifth one later. But at this point we already have a lock for Jack's breakdown. We have a lock for um, Chappelle's death. If we're going to say let's lock in Sherry's death, let's lock in Russian roulette, we have one more that's up for grabs. What's the last one? Uh, well, I, I actually I think, would argue Saunders' capture would be the last one for me.
0: Okay, so the three that we've got to choose from here is Saunders. So you're talking – okay, so when you're saying Saunders' capture, is that the, the jet fight, the blow-up? Yeah. Versus Saunders getting shoved in, uh, Jane getting shoved into the hotel. Exactly, thing. yeah. Whew, this is not how I thought this was going to go. I tell you that I, I, I did not, for the life of me, think Russian roulette would be something you'd fight for to get in there. But okay. Um, what about the chainsaw? Ding, 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 ding. Now, That's number one. You know, I,
1: I debated whether I wanted to. I thought to myself, if we really don't have that big of a list, I will debate putting up the chainsaw. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I love that action scene. I do. If I, if like, if this was me. I would put Chase's arm, then the captain. And like, again, like, here I am fighting for the iconic moment of Sherry's death, but like, it just, I've just, Nina's death just falls flat. It just, it just doesn't feel the moment it should be. So that's where, like, I would argue that the least of those three. Um, I mean, I would love to have Saunders in the top five. We haven't got Saunders in the top five. So
1: I really do think, though, of all those, like, I probably would say Saunders' capture because he is such a big villain is. The most exciting moment but chase losing a hand it's very hard to not include the fact that a network television show cut off a main character's hand at the end of an episode
0: yeah 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 i mean it's tricky because i'd want saunas in there but again yeah like I, I mean my favorite sauna scene out of all of them is the shoving jane into a hotel moment over that so, uh, chase's arm I'd say Chase's yeah. arm, then, if you with that. All right. Wow. And I'm went. curious
1: if anybody's listening and wants to give us their take on Nina's death versus Sherry's death. Give us your opinions. But yeah,
0: uh, I mean, all our listeners that are going to be over there. Oh, why include- <laughs> I mean? I, you, you're not quite up to the end of season five yet on Breaking Bad, are you? So I, I know in our season five, because I mean, God, try choosing moments from season five of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. But there's one moment that we didn't include in the top five, which if we had listeners, they would be angry about because it's train heist. Um, no, no, I think that was in there from memory. No, it's um the the say my name. I'm like, I just couldn't we couldn't oh, okay. fit say my name in there just based on the other moments and yeah, it's a great moment. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like well you know like it's yeah it is how it is. But, That's where okay. a
1: catchphrase on a t shirt maybe dwarfs the impact of a scene itself. Because well,
0: <laughs> I'm the one who knocks made season four from memory, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so this is twenty four. Not Breaking Bad. Listen to Breaking Bad. It's a great show. Um. So number one, Chappelle's death. Number two, Jack's breakdown. So what's number three then? Chase's arm. Uh
1: yeah, I would say Chase's arm. Um, and I, I would I, put Russian I've roulette a, five. <laughs> but well, I would, I would say Sherry's death five, just because that's the one scene that I very much would be opposed to. But I don't know. Um, I think we're both a little bit more, we're a little bit more equal on Russian roulette over Sherry's death
0: yeah but i would there's no way i would say that you russian said roulette- it. you
1: said when we started this no i will not give this up tell me what you want in return how about this i want sherry's death number five to include on the list
0: but but i like but my point is with that if you're ranking this as moments i think that like yeah russian roulette memorable on that but on the grand scheme of things russian roulette means diddly squat to the rest of this show i think well, what were Sherry- our top
1: fives from season one and two Oh, you gotta give me the uh,
0: open shit up here, uh, Colin. Um, season one, obviously, number one would be Terry's death. That's the one I can tell you straight away would be on that list. Um, the the tower would have been on the. I've got okay. Season two, uh, number one was the bomb goes off. Number two, the assassination attempt on Palmer. Uh, number three, Jack kills a suspect and demands a hacksaw. Number four, Marie is revealed to be evil, and number five, Nina gives her demands see, to Palmer on the phone.
1: That's kind of my point, though. I mean, Jack asking for the hacksaw is the Russian roulette scene, and yet we rank that higher than the Marie reveal, which is has impacts going forward.
0: But that, but I, 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 yeah, I love Russian <laughs> roulette, but I still don't see it more iconic than Sherry's death. I just don't see it. I, that's I, just me. I,
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, I think that it's more memorable and I have issues with Sherry's death either way. Come on, Sherry's death's on the list here. <laughs> How much yeah, more do you like want?
0: But the Russian roulette is not more iconic than Sherry's death. I'm sorry, it's not. <laughs> I feel like it is. No. I feel like it is. If you, me, see, if you give me four for Sherry, you can have carte, carte de blanche, whatever it's called, next season. You remember this. Oh, these. I'm
1: going to remember that. I will remember that.
0: You remember it. You can, you can have anything next season.
1: All right, I, I I will take you up on that. <laughs>
0: okay, all right, good. Ben gets his way and I'll edit that part out of the episode so there's no
1: evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still remember it.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see what was season one. Now yeah, You got me. Uh, T- Terry's death number one. Nina's revealed to be the mole number two. Jack Dan- Jack takes down the... So basically the last three two episodes were the top three moments. Oh, and then David breaks up with Sherry in the ballroom and then Jack interrogates Kofa with the towel. So, okay, anyway, all right. So... So in conclusion here, folks, if you're wondering, um, the number five moment for season three of 24 is the Russian roulette scene from episode five. Uh, The number four moment is Sherry's death from episode 23. Uh, Number three is Chase losing his arm from episode 24. Uh, Also from episode 24 in number two is Jack's breakdown at the very end of the episode and Ryan Chappelle getting killed at the end of episode 18 is number one. And realistically, that could be our number one or number two moment for all of the series. That's the one where I'm glad we do anonymous voting on that one to see what comes out on top of that because uh, that might be your number one. I don't know. Um, Cool. All right. Um, So, bye-bye, season three. Hello, season four.
1: Bring on season four.
0: Now we touched on this bit last week sort of about, you know, the new character. It's such a fresh reboot and we've obviously got a prequel to get to as well, which we're not going to do a separate episode on the prequel. Maybe just go over the prequel before we get into the Mm. first episode. It's like 10 minutes long. Um, But I, I remember this coming out, um, you know, there's obviously a bit of a bigger gap in between season three and season four, not to the extent of what we got between season six and season seven, but obviously we had a writer's strike back then. Um, but, like, I remember the hype around this. This was the first real season that I was just following online. Like, I would be on 24 news websites every day, watching the trailers, analysing them. This is pre-YouTube, of course, so, you know, pre-podcast, so you didn't have all that sort of thing. So I was hooked. I was on forums. I was on all these things doing it. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Kim Raver got announced, like, she left my favourite TV show to go to my second favourite TV show. Like, hello, Kim, love you to bits. And just... The thing I'll say about Season 4 is, like, I always thought this was kind of like Season 3, that it didn't get a lot of love, but I'm actually being wrong reading up a lot in the retrospect. Season 4 does get a lot of love. Season 4 is a good season. I I don't dislike Season 4. There's a string of episodes in Season 4 that are, at the time of at least when we're airing this, among some of the worst. There's The middle section of Season 4, not that great. Um, And then there's a couple of episodes which are just kind of boring. There's also an episode where Jack does something where you're just like, oh, my God, really? (laughs) Jack's going to do that, Um, which this is the first season where I think we start to really get, oh, my God, Jack's going to do that. Not a like, oh, cool, Jack's going to do that. It's a really, really? (laughs) Um, We've got sort of our only real season where you've just got one consistent villain for the entire season, which I like. Uh, Immortep, he's in it.
1: Um, Jamie will be listening. Jamie loves Arnold Oslo. (laughs)
0: Really, okay, oh uh, yeah there's there's two episodes which are just iconic in terms of like, oh my God, they did that moments um there's an episode which is one of the episodes where one of those moments happens. there's an episode which has maybe the biggest i I think I called it in my write up the most important episode in twenty four history in terms of the ramifications of the rest of the show. um, there's a lot going on in season four <laughs> it's it comes back down to reality and then goes off it for a little bit, but. I like it. I like season four. It's not as consistent as season three. There are some lows, but there are some very high highs. Uh, It peters off a little bit at the end. I think the the penultimate episode is better than the finale, unpopular opinion maybe. But, um, yeah, it's a a solid season. And, uh, yeah, I think that we're going to be in for a good ride with it.
1: I always love season four and it's um, the last two seasons that I actually rewatched were seasons four and five. Now, again, this was probably more than a decade ago, uh, but to me, it always held up. And yet you mentioned things as you started going through season four, you mentioned things off air to me. And I'm like, what? Like that happened? Like what <laughs> things that I have no recollection of And probably for a good reason, because it sounds like it's pretty absurd at times. Uh, season four is where Chloe gets the Chloe's got a gun. Yeah. Oh yeah, God, yes, yeah. Chloe. Uh, oh, uh, that's not going to be good.
0: kill someone. Yeah, uh,
1: but one thing that I, I I really am excited, but we've barely touched on, is the Eras family. And mm, mm-hmm. um, I always forget; it's weird because I always forget about them. But then when I remember, oh yeah, the Eras family. It was kind of like the Warners and the Singers, but just maybe done slightly better. And the cast they got, like all three of those actors, are fantastic. I mean, we got an Oscar nominee in there, and you know, th- another one that probably should have been nominated for at least that an after Emmy tomorrow.
0: Um, yeah. Day after tomorrow. What? The guy, the guy using the day. Oh, that's remember. right. Yeah. Yeah. Dad yeah, and day yeah. after
1: tomorrow or not yeah. dad, dad's friend or whatever day after tomorrow. Uh Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm really looking forward to the Aras family because I, I remember that being one of the more surprising things because you kind of expect that early season family side plot to take a time getting there and to maybe be a little bit annoying. And from what I remember, every time I watched it, it, it really it really doesn't get dull. It really does keep you consistently interested without going two balls to the wall. It's, yeah,
0: I I 95% agree. I think there's like, an issue I have with it that you kind of just like one person just literally gets forgotten about Um, and then sort of the way they do it but no I'm with you I think it's, what's the name Leighton Mester or however you say her name is uh, the girlfriend who is now oh. more famous than the rest of the family Um, it is the torture season like this is the season in which I think 24 got into a lot of trouble for it's needless torture and I will say needless torture is the theme of season 4 because there are moments where we're going to be sitting in the episode like why this makes no sense why they're doing it um you get your typical 24 random family members drama which is like oh god here we go again um curtis we get our first curtis i love me some curtis although just remember this point with curtis because like the first few episodes you're like what is curtis's job because it's kind (laughs) of like and then like halfway through it's like why is he all of a sudden got a gun it's like like this makes no sense to what they said he was at the beginning of the season um paul Rains comes into it oh yeah uh, which uh, it's interesting what they do with Paul, but it all obviously concludes in a very epic and memorable scene. Um, but, yeah, a lot going down. And Kim Raver. Oh, God. just I'm so glad I can talk about Kim. Like, when Don't I'm forget on th- William Devane. Willem Devane, love Willem Devane, but like I just third watch, just with, with Darvell and Brandy, they never jumped on the Kim train as much as I did. And, you know, I just I'm like selling her. Like this is Kim Raver. The Oz Network's Kim Raver. We have had her on the show, of course. Yeah, you interviewed her. She's one of our big first ever guests we ever had way back in twenty seventeen. But um oh, just just bring it. Bring it on. Love it. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yes. What are we doing bring it on? Cheerleader movie, yes please. <laughs> um so Thanks everyone for tuning in season three. It's been a fun ride. Uh, sad that it's over, but we'll be back for uh, episode one of 24 season four next week. In the meantime, we mentioned breaking bad this week. It all ends. The series recap of breaking bad is this week. Colin, are you sad?
1: I'm I'm devastated. Um, I, I Unless we're going to start better call Saul. I'll have nothing to listen to on the Oz network anymore.
0: I know. No one else does. Uh, Better Call Saul will happen <laughs> one day. Just talk to Nick about that. Uh, and then also on Lost uh, this Wednesday, uh, one of my favourite and most underrated episodes in Ben Waterworth's controversial opinions of everybody hates <laughs> this episode except for Ben, Across the Sea. Do you remember Across the Sea? The, um, the Allison, uh, Allison Hannigan. Uh, Alison <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> episode alison hannigan in Lost. there's another <laughs> the Allison and jenny episode the, the one where you got the little baby jacob and little baby man in black back in the day
1: oh okay yeah 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 I, I can't tell you if i loved it or hated it i i try to block out most of season six
0: everybody hates it because oh, why was it play anyway coming this week and Men in black international speaking things to hate this week yeah
1: oh we're so sorry
0: yeah, that that's fun. But uh, all that coming, of course, here on the Oz Network. It's fun times. Now, I found another quote. Let's close it off with, my name is Ben. Oh, this is from season two. Well, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> that's a season two quote. <laughs> um, shit. Uh, all right, this is uh, season three, episode 11. My name is Ben, and right now your client should be the least of your worries.
1: And my name is Colin, and for one last time, let me just remind everybody, Tony was shot in the neck in the neck he was shot in in the the
0: neck in the neck shot in the neck and Chase his hand is fine thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider